You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture. It feels so good to be home. Um, and this week I got Rado back on the show with me, tag team and co-hosting. Rado, what's up? Welcome back to Clapback. How you doing? Welcome to Clapback. I'm ready to get to it. Good, 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 good. Let's get into it. So first topic I want to talk about so we can just get this out the way. I know we've been talking about it um, in the last few days, but President Joe Biden's son has finally been charged. Well, he pled guilty uh, to a few misdemeanors, um, two misdemeanor tax charges. We do have a quick clip. Let's go ahead and play that. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. Good morning, Anna. Well, look, Hunter Biden is admitting to crimes here, but they're misdemeanors. Two counts of willful failure to file taxes in 2017 and 2018. The specific, uh, they're called, it's the criminal information that describes the charges, doesn't specify exactly how much tax Mr. Biden is alleged to have evaded, but it says he earned more than $1.5 million in each of those years and was required to pay more than $100,000 in each of those years and did not pay. Uh, It's been reported that he repaid more than a million dollars in a tax bill while this five-year investigation was ongoing. He's also agreed to admit the facts of possessing a gun when he wasn't supposed to possess one because he was addicted to drugs at the time, so he lied on a form. He's admitting to the facts of that charge, but will enter a a pretrial adjudication program so it won't go on his record. So the, the upshot here is that he's expected to receive probation as part of this plea deal no jail time. He'll have to come to this courthouse behind me at some point um, and, and, and surrender and be processed by the federal marshals. Uh, but a significant victory for Mr. Biden because NBC News has reported that there were there was at least one felony tax charge under consideration by the Justice Department. That hasn't been filed. Um, and the DOJ was also looking very closely at Mr. Biden's foreign business entanglements uh, and whether he, for example, represented foreign interests uh, in the United States. Um, there were no charges of any kind, no wrongdoing found by this U.S. attorney uh, appointed by Donald Trump in those matters. Uh, and, and just to be very clear, we're already seeing criticism from Donald Trump and others that this is the Biden Justice Department cutting a sweetheart deal with the president's son. This investigation was run by the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware, who was treated essentially like an independent counsel. There was no involvement uh, from by the Attorney General Merrick Garland or senior officials in the Justice Department other than career tax lawyers who have to be involved in any tax-related case. Uh, but that's the bottom line here. Hunter Biden agreeing to plead guilty to misdemeanors. That Okay, so why is all of this important? <laughs> Let me tell you why this is important. We've right. never had a child of a sitting president actually be criminally charged for anything while the president was in office. So that's a huge deal. On top of the fact that this investigation has been going on for the last five years, and what's also mentioned in that clip, which is why I had it go a little bit longer, Rado, is the fact that there is this conversation that happened right before President Biden decided to run um, for president that to to determine whether or not Joe Biden and Hunter Biden colluded and had some type of um, 
foreign affairs and, and, and kind of like some, some bad dealings with foreign governments. Here's the thing. Um, and I really want to take it from a parent angle, right? So you're Joe Biden, you're president of the United States, and you have your 53-year-old son who just can't get right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a parent, of course, you want to keep your son close. Joe Biden and Jill Biden basically released a statement and said they're still proud of their son. They support him and they just want to see everything kind of get resolved. How are you the president's son and the vice president's son 50 something years old and still can't get right? White privilege. So, <laughs> you know, I could, it's almost like a tag team. You know, I can never wait to get into these juicy topics. But for one, let's just talk about the gun charge being dropped. Right. <laughs> I mean, can we just start there? You know, in the work that I do in the society and community that I, that I live in, I mean, that's what we're always being charged for, right? So to see him just get that the gun charge, the gun charge dropped affected me tremendously. On top of him just getting everything else just swept under the rug. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me. Like when I say it's crazy to me, it's crazy to me. But again, um, we, we are dealing with that good old white privilege. And you guys will hear me say it more and more today. The funny thing about it is that it's it's crazy because, you know, Trump always hops in into these debates. Right. He hates Biden so much. And it's like, you know, Trump came right out and told the world on countless occasions that what he evades taxes. He don't pay taxes. So it's like, I mean, can the Biden family get a little a little sauce from him? Because it's looking like they need it right about now. <laughs> Listen, if anything, this might be a, enough of the sauce that you need. Um, I, I think if, if I'm thinking about reelection, I think this makes Joe Biden and his family seem a little bit more normal, right? Because you always got that cousin or that child or somebody that always is giving you a little bit of a hard time in the family. Mm-hmm. And so Joe Biden is not exempt from the norm. And so I think this yeah. could possibly help him in re-election. Maybe people are feeling a little bit more connected to uh, it. Uh, well, I, I, it's funny because I thought it was very unfair how Trump used to say, used to say um, you know, old Joe. But Joe need to go sit down somewhere. <laughs> He's moving slow nowadays. It's time for him to just give it up, take care of his family, and just live the rest of his days because he's moving pretty slow. But as we can see, his son is moving pretty fast these days. You got the money. Stop being cheap. Pay your taxes, man. It's, it's crazy because I, I, I look at it as white privilege, but I also look at it as a petty crime as well, right? So you're mm-hmm. coming at the top for $100,000 in tax evasion. Let's just say 200000 because it's for years 2017 and 18. It's a drop in the bucket for him, you know? And then you come out with this law to say, well, oh, because he was addicted to drugs, he couldn't he couldn't obtain a gun, which you know his lawyer is going to eat up. I mean, the two doesn't even make sense, right? So because I'm hooked on drugs, I can't defend myself. I'm lost. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't. But he'll come out of this like they come out of everything else. I think this is yes, publicity stunt to get them some popularity for the next for the next race. Uh, we'll be seeing Hunter Biden run for president on the next term, guys. <laughs> yeah. All sure. right. Well, moving right along. Um, deadly, deadly, deadly weekend um, over in Chicago, oh, wow. the Juneteenth yeah. holiday and Father's Day. This is a terrible story that um, oh, is 
is not just synonymous to Chicago, but I think we had a pretty deadly um, weekend here in Washington, D.C. My cousins in San Diego also talked about that. I saw a couple of posts on social media. So gun violence is plaguing metropolitan cities. Chicago having one of the deadliest weekends we heard of. 75 people were shot in 51 separate incidents between Friday evening until Monday at midnight, marking one of the most violent weekends year to date. So there were three separate mass shootings that left at least four people dead. Rodney, give us a little bit more information on this. Yeah, so I wanted to take a lead on this and I'd like to start off first with a moment of silence. Um, and we could just go for two seconds. Okay, I wanted to do that because like these stories, they always get swept under the rug. So if you guys don't know my profession, I work for an organization out of the Office of Attorney General here in Washington, D.C. called Kidder Streets. And what we do is we mediate conflict throughout the city um, in an effort to try to alleviate crime through, you know, high risk, you know, individuals that can kind of relate to our life. Right. They'll listen to us before they listen to the police. Um, this hits home because we had a um, severe weekend here in Washington, D.C., and I'm seeing this all across the world. But I, I want to talk about this particularly because why isn't this national news? Seventy five people shot over a weekend, 13 fatalities. We don't see that in war, guys. Yeah, you don't see that in war. So. When we when we fight against Afghanistan, we have these wars all over the place. You have thousands of troops, you know, and you, you think about the movies and you have, you know, them coming at each other one side and then on the other side. People die over a span of days and weeks and months. Yes. And it can and the, the, the death toll can tally up. But 75 individuals shot in a three day span, guys, is out of control. That's 25 individuals shot each day. Mm. That is perennial. That is crazy. That is a war zone. Um, yeah. and, and what we have to understand is that we're no longer dealing with just a, a, a pandemic. We're dealing with a sickness. This is a sickness that's plaguing our city. And we have to step in and do something about this, um, obviously, because no one's coming to, to, to help us. No one's coming to save us but ourselves. My heart prayers go out to everyone in Chicago. Um, I'm telling everybody, put the guns down, pick the kids up today. Um, this gun violence has to stop. It's sickening and it's, it's, it's no place for it. It's no place for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only thing I'll add to this is that, um, you know, officers are reporting that they're still feeling encouraged um, despite this, you know, this feeling of hopelessness that nothing is going to happen. And so oftentimes when we have, you know, strong incidents of violence, we do feel hopeless. Like there's nothing that we can do individually to have a strong impact, but we do all have a responsibility to do our part and we cannot allow ourselves to get desensitized and, and, and think that this is normal behavior. And so we got to really come up with some intervention strategies to um, get these guns off the street, get these guns out of people's hands and um, just really encourage more peace in our communities all throughout the country. Population control is real. And, and, I, and I won't elaborate on that, but this is not happening by accident. Obviously, we've had times where people have, have become aggressive over time, you know, when it comes to just human beings. But the government understands how to fix this issue. They won't fix it. We have to fix it ourselves. We are dying every day, guys. 
The reason why this is not national news, because we have allowed this, we have allowed us as people to become desensitized. We have to understand that not only is this an issue, but when one person dies, it is an alarming issue. We are not burying people that have lived for 80 and 90 years and are happily dying. No, we are burying our kids, 13 years old, 12 years old. Here in Washington, D.C., we just had two young people under the age of 13 get killed. I'm tired of it. You have to be tired of it, man. Let's move on. All right, moving on. All right. There is a video, you guys, that surfaced the Internet amid this graduation season. Um, <laughs> and I want to share it with the audience. And then I want to get your feedback, Rodney, to determine whether or not. I can wait. This so here is some quick background on what happened. Um, a graduate, I couldn't figure out what school she attended, but it looks like she's graduating from college. They're Absolutely. having a very weird outside ceremony. So it's not like she's walking across the stage per se, mm -hmm. but there's an altercation that happens because she feels that she didn't get her name said before she walked across the stage. Get, recognition, sis. get that recognition. Let's see. Let's see. Look. <laughs> Racism being done towards her. So I'll further do. Roll the clip. Okay. It's my story time. Basically, what happened was um, I was walking on and we had to announce our names and say our name before we get on the stage. So I was saying my name and she literally, I was, my name is long. My name, obviously, I have like three syllables in my name. I'm not going to say exactly my name right now, but okay, just so you get a point. So I didn't even finish getting to say my name. And then the people that went before me and everything, they all got to say their name, their major, and even extras. And me and another girl noticed that she was putting the mic, she was pulling the mic down super fast for some black people. I don't want to be that person, but that was the tea. So, I mean, I just couldn't let her... I just couldn't let that happen because I just feel like I worked so hard to graduate and went through so much shit to graduate that I just felt like I had to reclaim my moment. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not a problematic person. I don't want to ruin no one's day. I don't want to violate anybody. But that's what she did. She didn't even let me finish speaking. Yeah, you, I don't know if reclaiming your moment was really had. Rodney, I'll give you the first take so, on this. Take so, it away. So this is my thing, right? I'll bravo to her. If if I was her father, if I was her parent, I would allow her to have her time. I feel that people need to step back and give our young people a time to celebrate their accomplishment. It is disgusting 
when you see these new guidelines put in place for people that graduate, if you've seen, um, you've seen that school that went viral a couple of weeks ago, Jules, where all the, uh, the graduates was dancing and they was kind of like sitting and dancing and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Needless, needless to say, it also went viral a couple of weeks ago when a young man was arrested and, and, and escorted from his graduation for dancing, right? It is disgusting to come in and disrupt these young people for having their three seconds, okay? They come in and it takes three to eight seconds for them to do their little dance or say what they need to say and keep it moving. If this is going to mess up your ceremony or drag it along an extra 30 minutes, so what? These kids have been through uh, 12 years of, un of, of, um, um, of, of regular school, then another four years of undergrad. Let her have her moment. She was disrespected. Um, no one gave her time to say her name or have her time. And she took her time. You know, good for you. You some, Sometimes when people don't give you your, your spotlight, you got to take it. <laughs> and honey, she took it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually uh, I'm suffering from secondhand embarrassment by the way that she went about it. I think you have a valid point in that young people who are graduating deserve their opportunity to be celebrated. It would it to me, I feel like she lost the moment by her overreaction. Um, I think she got too emotional about it. Um, and, and though she did feel rushed, I think what I would have done differently is I would have, I wouldn't have moved until I got the opportunity to say my whole name. The clip goes further on in her story time to say that in addition to her, um, not being able to say her name, other people got to say like, Hey, my name is Jules. I'm a journalism major. And they got to say a little bit more about themselves uh, so it seems like she didn't get an opportunity to do such. I would have liked to see a couple of the other clips to see what happened beforehand to get a little bit more background. But I think she honestly made a donkey out of herself. And it, it, it wasn't even like you're just going to be the girl. You're going to be remembered as the girl who went flagrant to say your name. And then we didn't even hear your name. Like it wasn't like she got the mic and was like, my name is. Julia, Elise, Jesse, and I'm a such and such and such and such. Yeah, you like, sound tall about but you sound sweet too. Yeah. You know, like if she was gonna do it, she should have reclaimed her moment with a little bit of nobility and some, yeah. you know, a little bit more bravado. Instead, she went super ratchet out of emotion and and mm -hmm. and really lost her moment on that. So I understand what she was trying to do, but I think it's a failed attempt, and she looked wild. And, it, and it, I have a little bit of embarrassment behind that. And I'm sure that's not how she wanted it to go. Sometimes you just have to take your moment. So I do feel like there's a little trauma behind young people understanding what's going on. Right. So there is a movement where officials are coming in and taking a moment from from our young people. And that was a moment The mic, yeah. as you, if you were to say it, it was snatched out of her hand disrespectively. Right. You should never have the mic taken from you at any given time. You should you should be able to give the mic when you're done. Right. And that's just how it should be. I think that was just her way of reclaiming her moment, because before she could even get out what she had to say, she had to put that 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 woman in place. Right. That white woman. And, and I and I will say this. I love white people, but I'm always getting on that. You took that mic from that young girl and she felt disrespected. It is not about the officials on that day. It is about our graduates. We have to find a way to transfer the power 
back to our young people. We are celebrating them. We are not controlling this environment to take away from them. We are there to celebrate. Every person that are in, that are in any kind of auditorium or any place, you are there to support those graduates. And I feel like we are failing as a society now with this whole new narrative that people can't celebrate because it looks too ghetto. You don't see white people dancing. It looks too ghetto. But guess what? White people are dancing now. White people are doing all of our dances and stealing all of our culture like they always do. And, 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 and I hate it because it's stereotypic that we have to be a certain way. We are not that way as African-Americans. We got that spaz to us. And when we get on any kind of platform, we're going we gonna to let it show. And I feel like that's what happened. But touche, yeah, I get what you said. But I mean, but it's but that's not what she did in the clip, right? It she didn't it I think you're it's apples and oranges. What you're talking about mm-hmm. is other clips that went viral where people were not able to celebrate in the way that, that they affected were. her. That affected her. I feel this like this is a retrospect on how that happened. But this, I feel like I feel well, like hold on, hold on. let me because I let you speak. I let you speak. So yeah. let me let me get my thought in. My thought on this is that there has to be a, still a level of decorum. Like we cannot allow graduates or anybody in all of their excitement to take over a program that already is scheduled. Otherwise you'll be at a graduation, which is already five hours for an additional five hours because everyone wants to do their own thing when they get the mic. However, mm-hmm. there is a time and a place. Now was, was the person who gave her the mic probably rushing her along? Absolutely, because guess what? What happens is, is the first 30 people go up there, you give them all a little bit of room to be mm-hmm. like, this is Jules Jesse, da 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 and then you, they all say a little bit more. So by the time you get to the 50, 60, 70th person, you like say your name and come on. But she never got a chance to say her whole name. That's the issue. Well, she didn't. And even and even when she jacked the mic out of her hand and did this whole thing and did her purse, we still don't know the girl's name. And in fact, she didn't even say her name in the story time. So I'm not even really sure if she had the moment of reclaiming her time. I just don't think I I don't think it gave that. I think she got super emotional. There should have been a better way to have done it. She missed she missed them. She missed the mark. True. She missed there's, the a, there's, there's a way to do things. I just feel like that was her way, you know. And but I, I just, know. it was her way. I agree with that. It was her way. It was, it, but it was it was tasteless. And I and if I was her parent, I would I would be having a conversation with her on how to correct her emotions. I mean, I it, you would have said like, you're you're definitely a person to say like you need to keep your emotions in check. Oh, she, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So this, th- I mean, she but, she let she let herself. Let but the I'm also go. I'm also that parent that's like do things the right way, right? So it's like you know what you should have handled that different. But when I get in the room with you, I'm like, yeah, babe, she went crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to allow the child to see that because I want them to be able to articulate and, and, and do things the right way. But when me and you get in the room and close that door, I'm like, man, she went crazy, you know, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, before we move on, we do have a great question that just came in. So I want to put that up. Um, do you think her action will cause her any repercussions, backlash, you know, maybe not getting landing the next job, etc. Do you think this is going to have any repercussions? Hundred. I do. I do. If they if they well, here's the thing. She was smart by not posting her name. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because typically what's going to happen is someone's going to be able to Google search you. But if someone mm-hmm. recognizes her in the clip, they're like, mm, you have a tendency to get highly emotional over, you know, in a moment's notice, you know. So it, do I think it could have repercussions? Perhaps. Um, because everything lives and dies on it, lives on the Internet and never dies. It, does. it never dies. It never dies. So I, I can agree with you. I don't think it'll have any backlash, but I do think there is a, a possibility in a day that we're living in. If somebody don't like you and they pull that up, it's a wrap for you. So, yes. Great question. Vote for humanity. All right. Let's go ahead and move it along. We're going to do one more topic and then we're going to go to a quick break. So I'm going to keep I'm going to give us this topic real quick. Okay. Um, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have softly agreed to battle it out in a cage match. Okay, so here's what happened. Um, Somebody was basically tweeting on Twitter. Of course, you can't tweet anywhere else. Uh, So here we are. We're on Twitter. And and someone basically puts it out there that, uh, you know, there needs to be a company that comes out with a rival for Twitter. Um, And Elon Uh challenged uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the owner of not only Facebook, but Instagram through Meta. Mm Uh, and basically said, you know, I it, look, I'll challenge you to a cage match if you're up for it. Zuckerberg responded to the screenshot of the tweet and then and dropped, send me your location. So they went back and forth a little bit uh, and proposed the Vegas octagon as a preferred uh, place, um, you know, to have this UFC match. And, um, you know, and listen, Elon also joked that he has this walrus move where he lays on top of his opponent and does nothing. So Twitter had a really good time with this. I don't know necessarily if they're going to actually battle it out in a cage match. But these two tech giants, these two billionaires of the world, how interesting and funny would that be to see them really get into a physical altercation? These nerds cannot fight. This is another, this is another Aunt Glizzy and David Ruffy fight. This is gonna look terrible. <laughs> terrible. They got zero percent muscle mass. I mean, I love these. Not, I won't I won't just call them tech gi- uh, giants. I'll call them uh two of the geniuses of the world. Um, I respect both of these men um highly and what they've done. Um, to move society forward from a technology perspective. But please, let's just keep it there. Won't you guys do a versus battle with, like, tech? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that, it's, it wouldn't be as interesting. It, w- it wouldn't, but it's definitely not going to be interesting to see these men get into the octagon. I mean, they have... you. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they could do? They could put the VR goggles on and oh, they could battle it out in the metaverse and if and they could sell it so that everybody that, could would have to watch it from the VR. Now you are genius, Luz. Now you're genius. Now Fight your avatars. Put that on, they're going to look crazy. The avatars, yeah. they're going to be able to do all kinds of stuff. And you know, they tech geniuses, so they're going to be putting all cheat codes in and finish yeah. them. Yeah, It'll be a battle of the cheat codes. Yeah, yeah. Do you, re- do you remember that back in the day, like when, you know, when you had like played like Zelda or even Mortal Kombat? Absolutely. The cheat codes were so important. They used yeah. to have them in a book. You know, we we didn't really have um, access to Internet, but you used to go and buy the books out of the little game stores. Man, that was a serious thing. You know, for us, 
for guys, we all grew up playing Mortal Kombat. So we all wanted to know like the um the fatality, you know what I'm saying? The finishing moves, you know what I'm saying? You had to go back for BBA thing and then they'll come out and do all this stuff. So yeah. that was a serious thing, a very serious that, thing. That I think would be more interesting than to actually no watching question. them physically duke it out. Uh, listen, guys, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about Shaq. He is still calling Shawnee O'Neill his wife. I love you. I love you. I love you. He's giving a mess. Listen, stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. Hi, I'm Kid Jr. Just when you thought it was hot in Seattle, it just got hotter. The HBCU Swingman Baseball Classic will be held at T-Mobile Park. Here's an opportunity for these kids to showcase their talent playing baseball because they love the game of baseball. All-Star game before the All-Star game. Not everybody can go to a Power 5 conference, but that shouldn't stop you from playing the game that you love. There's a lot of great players who played our game who went to historical black colleges. So why don't you come show your support, show your love, and stop by. This is powered by T-Mobile, MLB, MLBPA, Youth Development Foundation, the HBCU Swingman Classic at T-Mobile Park. It's going to be hot. One in every 500 African Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org/ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out. Down to a formula. A calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. I'm so glad you guys are tuned in with us. Please share the stream now. Let somebody know what we're talking about because... This is the portion of the show where we're doing it for the culture, honey. Okay, so we coming through with a little bit of mess. So now, so now we're doing it for the culture. Time to do it for the culture. I know this is your favorite segment, so let's this do is- it. <laughs> Time to act up. <laughs> All right, culture, listen. Um, Shaq went on a recent uh, podcast that's set to air actually in the next few days. Um, where he was talking about his ex and um, the mother of all his children, Shawnee O'Neal, about, you know, really Shawnee being the perfect one and how she was the one that got away. Um, And, you know, really, he was just kind of recapping in in the episode that he was just really grateful that she forgave him and that his new kind of um, conversation to his sons is like, don't be like me, you know, be better than me. 
um, and 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 give a woman everything, not just be a provider, right? And so he he's talking a little bit about regret. But then he says this. Um, so Shaq says, despite not being in a relationship with the woman he let get away, he still protects, provides, and loves them. Um, yeah. Shaq is now married to Pastor Keon Henderson, and Keon, and they've been married since 2021. Shaq says he's happy for her, but she's still his wife. He I says this. A, hold on. He says this in quote. Shawnee's married. I'm happy for her. I hope this gentleman treats her the way she's supposed to be treated, and I'm still going to love her, and she's still my wife. I will right. always protect, provide, and love her, married or not. Yo, what are your thoughts on this? Kids, they got together. Five or six, yeah. Would you have six kids with a with a girl? What's the rule? She yours forever. <laughs> that listen. So listen. When a man comes out like that, first of all, Shaq is seven feet, five hundred pounds. He's not scared of nobody. Shout out and respect to the new husband she got. But that's Shaq wife. That's Shaq wife forever, man. He didn't put six kids on him. Yes, he owns her. Everything about her, he owns. Seven kids. That's his wife. Is she? I don't care who she gets married to. When he says this. That's his wife. So the other guy, he's a very nice guy, very nice pastor and everything like that. We love you. We respect you. But we know Shawnee for being shot wife. Don't know. I can't. Nobody on this thing could tell you who Shawnee's husband is. But they can yeah, Yes, you. we can. No, but they could tell you that she's shot ex-wife. Her identity, her soul, her spirit is all connected to shot. That's shot wife forever. She cannot even in death. He coming to get her in death. So listen to this now, Lucy. Because right now I'm letting you know now, even in death. <laughs> you belong to me. You belong to me. Can you guys please tap in in these comments and let me know what's going on? Because listen, I, I, I partly agree with a few things that you said. I still think it's blatantly disrespectful that Shaq is out here in these streets still claiming Shawnee as his wife. Yes. Listen, yes. Pastor Henderson is a good guy and they have been married for the last two years. Shawnee has moved on. However, has to, your point, to your point, her, <laughs> listen, to her, to, to your point, uh -huh. Very small portion of this, you know, she she is the executive producer of Basketball Wives. And so that is us basically having this conversation because she is formerly Shaq's wife, the mother to all of his his children, uh, the heirs to his throne. It, it's kind of like being a Kardashian. You never really stop being a Kardashian. Right. Like you never really can separate. Uh, the two. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I but mean, the, the Kardashian. Kardashian's got more of a devilish spell. It's it's just it's kind of different. It's kind of like ah, they got the kind of the, the devil got a hand in that with the Kardashian. This some evil people. Well, what evil I'm talking people. about is brand recognition, right? And I'm I talking did, about did, brand recognition. Well, are you sure? Are you sure that you know when Shaq went and picked the kids up that Shawnee just didn't give him a little bit of no, okay, no, well, no, no. you know, okay. I mean, Listen, twenty years—that's a lot. I mean. Good guys finish last. 
No, Shaq is not a good guy. If you remember, no, he about record of being a habitual cheater. He, I'm talking about pastor. Black guy, black men don't cheat. Don't put that on him. That was in the past. He's been forgiven by the pastor. That pastor that Shawnee is with had forgiven Shaq. So now Shaq can go on being the forever husband. <laughs> Listen, Listen you I, bet you Shaq, I bet you Shaq walk in the house and go straight in the refrigerator and everything. What is that? What is that pastor going to do? For listen, at the end of the day, let me tell you something about a woman. A woman will respect who they with, but a woman will not uh, bow down to a male that's not dominant. I'm not saying that pastor is not, but I guarantee you, a shot going that house, he going that refrigerator, and I guarantee you that when he talks, he talks to Shawnee and looks right over that pastor and says, "Shawnee, where's my kid?" <laughs> Hey, listen, Shaq, Lucy, who's gonna fight Shaq? Are you gonna fight? Because I'm gonna act like it while we here right now. I can. I'm gonna talk all the trash. Of course, I'm gonna fight Shaq, babe. Yeah, what Shaq did something to you? Of course. Soon as we see Shaq, (laughs) close that door. (laughs) That man, that man's like Goliath. It's like David and Goliath. But, but this is the thing. First of all, I don't know if Shaq is even invited into the pastor's home, but he better leave. Listen, the pastor is ordained, honey. He is anointed. Please don't play with pastor and Jesus, okay? That's one thing you don't want to play with. So Shaq, sit sit this fight out, because guess what? You're going to do something on earth that you can't cash into, okay? But, but, but no. they were, they, they were married before God. Shaq and Shadi was married. And what did it say till death do us? Okay. Okay. No. We, we are here before the Okay. But okay. Well, you know. Listen, you know what? I can't even have this conversation with you because it's just too, it's too much. It's too intense. <laughs> Y'all listen, the man is, uh, <sighs> she, the Shaq, leave Shawnee O'Neal alone. Leave her alone. Let her go on and carry, carry, just carry it through. All right. Speaking of marriage on the same topic, I am sure you're going to have so much to talk about on this. I got a clip of Aisha Curry. Oh, yeah. She, hold on. Let me introduce the clip for people who haven't seen it. So Aisha Curry was guest hosting on The Real the other day. This is very controversial because she is pretending to take off her ring when a sexy man comes out with a drink. So let's take a look at the clip and then we'll talk about was it inappropriate? Okay, so let me also let you guys know that everyone on that stage is married except for Lonnie Love, who is also in a relationship, but everybody else is married. Jeannie's married. Um, Emily is married. Everybody's married. Is it inappropriate that she jokingly took off her ring? Every male, as soon as you get home, our argument is going to start like this. We're going to say, why didn't? Any, why were you the only one on national TV doing this? 
Why? Everybody else could have done so. Why? Why is it that it was you? That's what everybody's going to say. Yeah. Well, that's that's what a man is going to say. Out of everybody, why is it you? You get what I'm saying? It's not only is it inappropriate. It just shows that she wants attention in all the wrong places. And I don't like it. Now, to her defense, right, she was just, you know, doing it. You know, she's married. She was doing it for the show. She will definitely probably say it was just nothing. But for a man, it's something. It's a whole lot, especially when you're doing that with with supposedly a, a sexy male, right? I don't think it's a place for her because if the shoe was on the other foot, oh, it'd be crazy. And mm-hmm. trust and believe they coming for my man Steph. The women would have came hard. So I, I, I for, for for me, I, I don't like it. Um, I would have been pissed if I would have seen you on national TV doing that, or we would have had a conversation, honey, a spicy one when you got home. And my first question would have been, why is everybody else on the show chilling? Why didn't they feel that they needed to do that? What made you feel you needed to do that? You know, it's just it's not a good look when you play with a man's um, ego like that. It's not a good look. And I don't want to hear all oh, we should be secure and our own. That's all bullshit. Our women are our rock. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. But that's BS. Our women are our rock. They represent us. And it's very, very important for a woman to be better than the male. Always. Yes, I feel like it's a double standard. But at the end of the day, there is a, a, a very much place for our rock. And when us, when us men see our rock acting that way, it affects us in a, in a much deeper uh, sense than it does a woman. I think you got to know your partner in order to get away with something like this. I also think it's important that if it were Steph Curry on the platform and did the same thing, I think it just brings in too many conversations um, I also think that she I'm not sure why that was her initial reaction in doing that. Um, but, you know, I think that kind of speaks to where she's kind of at. Again, I do think she did it in a joking manner. This is not the first time. It's not the first time. And I think that's why social media is is kind of up in arms about it. And they're really up in arms about it because Aisha Curry has in, in 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 years ago, like four or five years ago, um, before she you know went through a whole little transformation, uh, really came off as attention seeking. And I think this is just one of those things that um, I think she just didn't check herself right away. Um, I think she kind of forgot that she was on a national stage. If you notice, Jeannie Mai grabbed her hand and kind of like pushed it down and was like, come on, girl. And she's married to Jeezy. Okay, so Jeezy's not giving that. I think you got to understand and know your partner. (laughs) You know Jeezy's not giving that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not giving that. Know the male that you're with. We know that. You got to know your partner. You definitely got to know your partner and you got to know if they, if your partner is okay with this, then live on. I would, if you did something like that, I, I, I can't say that I would have felt super embarrassed if it played out exactly how Aisha did, because I, I knew she was joking and it was in good fun. Um, I do feel like it was distasteful. And I think it, I may have said like, just, you know, relax. Um, I just think she just reacted without thinking. Did you, did, you, did you pay attention to her, her body, her posture and how she was even after this? 
Like I know we're talking about the actual um the actual action of her playing, but this she was like the giggly and like like it was a whole thing. And I, I mean when you guys can watch the clip again, but it wasn't just the, the initial action of her just acting like she's gonna take her ring. I mean, she was giggly and like I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, I I think this show, I think this show probably was doing that in good fun. Listen, I think it was in good, good fun. I do think it was not tasteful for everyone being married on the stage. Um, I probably wouldn't have done that with all married women um, because it's it's not like a bachelorette. Right. Like that's kind of like a bachelorette thing. Now, if you're the married, if you're the married girls and one of your friends is you know, like the bachelorette. I get that. Like there's yes. there's kind of a time and a place for that. So I'm not yeah. sure why the show felt it important to do that when everybody, when all the women on stage are married. So my, my wife not playing with me like that on national TV. Like if you're doing that, is, is you, do you understand the severity of things that women do um, behind closed doors that's inappropriate with their friends? I find that inappropriately appropriate because they're they're doing things in that masked environment, which is only they can see, right? It's their private time to do what they want. But on national TV, you are sending a message and you're showing that you don't respect me in that way. I also will double down on this because if you understand people um, with that kind of statue, like her and Steph, the kind of money he has, they understand um, how to act in public, right? They have publicists. They have so many individuals that train them how to act. They understand how every action is a reaction. They understand how to curry themselves on social media. They just understand who they are. So to have done that, right, um, was was intentional. So you already knew what, what, what this would bring. You knew what this would bring. And then to act extra afterwards and not catch yourself, it's like it's, it's giving... It's giving something there. We all know Steph Curry. We know he's soft as is cotton. We know he's a very soft individual. You can see it in his, in his demeanor. Every woman, every man sees it, right? But you still don't 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 run over that. You know, you, your man worth a half a billion dollars or more. Girl, take your behind home. I hate girls that come up with a guy and then just feel like, oh, all of a sudden they just want to just have their own identity all of a sudden when you just made goddamn a half a million dollars with me. Her job was to sit back, be the wife, all this. I wanted to live out my dreams. No, you came up with your husband. We got 500 million. We rich forever. That was your job. That was what, what you were put here and ordained for. Now take your portion of this 500 million and sit your behind down. Cause you ain't going to be on TV acting like that. I want to, well, I, I, I want to get this last comment in before we go to commercial break, but I, I kind of want to think about what Emily Stockman is saying. And, okay. and she's saying this, I think because in some sense they are actors. So it's not past her to naturally react in a playful manner. So I want to think about this. Okay. You got to think Aisha Curry is, is growing up as an influencer. She's probably in performance mode as she gets on the stage. This could be her alter ego in a sense. And I still think your point is valid in that even when you're in your professional role and you're acting and you're kind of being that you, you do have to remember not to blur those lines, right? Like there still is some respect and decorum that you have to have to make sure that your relationship is secure, even if it's insecure, right? Like you don't want the public all in your business. Okay. Um, 
I think it was a moment of carelessness on her part. Do I think she was doing it maliciously? No. Do I think she was doing it playfully? Absolutely. Was Steph offended by it? Probably not, because to your point, he doesn't really seem like that kind of guy. He doesn't really seem like this is really bothering him. He did marry this girl despite her. You know, this is still the same woman who said you know, she feels some type of way that dudes are not sliding in her DM because, it, you know, she wants to feel pretty. She wants to feel wanted and desired. And why are dudes not sliding in her DM? This is something that she came out instead publicly, um, you know, and wanted kind of that 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 affirmation and that, that reassuring, if you will. So, I, I just think, you know, uh, there may be more to the story, uh, but, you know. But but in an effort to move forward, I will say this. There is a penalty to every woman and, and, and what roles you decide to take, even if you are actress. Um, yeah. If you want to take that sex role and show your breasts or do anything on, on scene and you can come home and say that, hey, babe, it was a part of my professional role. You still have to take what comes with that, what comes with, with how you hurt the pride of your husband in any kind of way. Right. And then the last thing I will say I heard you say, Jules, that it didn't affect Steph. And I will beg the different. Maybe it might not affect the Steph, but it definitely affected Dale. Now, for you, I know you might not know who Dale is, but there's a difference between Steph and Dale. Dale Curry, Dale is Steph Curry's father. And he's very much old school. <laughs> very much someone that looked at this. Also, somebody who was very, very feisty is Steph Curry's mom who was very much will look at this and have had problems in the past and will say, mm, I don't like that. And they are very much so um, the, the spokesman for Steph on, on numerous occasions. But I'll move forward with this. We can go all over the place, uh, but yeah. I don't like, I don't like this. I don't. <laughs> I don't oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, y'all, listen, let's take a quick, very, very, very quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the submarine. You guys stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. Clapback. Hi, I'm Vesa Gordon from Converge Media, Hits 106.1, and back to Vesa on Fox 13. And I'm Buki Gates from Baseball Beyond Borders. And we are here at T-Mobile Park, where on July 7th, they will host the very first ever HBCU Swing Man that's right, Basic. Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, has rounded up 50 of the very best ball players from HBCUs from all across the country from schools like Jackson State, Grambling, Southern, FAMU, North Carolina AT, Alabama State, and many more. It's literally the all-star game before the all-star game, right? Exactly. And the fact that the very first HBCU Swingman Classic is happening right here in the Emerald City is a big deal. A big deal indeed. And it feels like a whole lot of black college homecoming vibes. You already know what it is. Don't miss out on this historic opportunity to see the very best of the best black college baseball players right here at T-Mobile Park on July 7th. Tickets are on sale now at allstargame.com. That is allstargame.com. See you there. Prosperity in black America. What will this require? Is black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority-owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? Do our children really have access to education? Will our families have choices for our children? 
prison pipelines, mass incarceration, tearing our families apart, a healthcare system not accessible to the masses, the disproportionate termination of black women from corporate America. When will we actually begin to address what's really at play? How do black people gain more power to help make these changes? This requires a lot of political will and courage. I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Clapback Culture. Listen, we are running out of time, but we have some great topics here for you. So I want to get in two topics if we can. Um, The submarine, the submersible, you guys, that had five passengers aboard has now been determined that the five souls have been lost and that the submarine actually imploded. Um, And so it's a catastrophic implosion. Um, I think one of the best things about this, if we have to think about a bright side, is that you know, initially I was thinking about, wow, this this submersible was in the water, lost at sea. And, you know, there's five people in there thinking about, you know, we're just running out of air and they're kind of just twiddling their thumbs until, you know, their imminent death. Um, but, you know, uh, experts are saying, listen, this happened instantly. They had no idea it was going to happen. And so we're thinking about a very merciful kind of way to pass. So let's give those five souls a quick moment of silence. Ashe, amen. Um, and so our hearts are with those people and their families. Uh, one thing I do want to note that I was on social media, because these people are billionaires, Uh, You know, a lot of people are saying like they were stupid for going on this, but I want people to know (laughs) that Rodney has this controller because I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm just I mean, because that is the same type of controller that you can use to steer the boat. But listen, (laughs) yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What the hell are these guys doing in a goddamn submarine with a damn PlayStation remote? I mean, come on. They and were explorers. All of them. They were all explorers. This is Rigo's. This is my son. <laughs> <laughs> so Rigo is staring the submarine? Listen. When we talk about these passengers that were aboard, okay, one of them was an, was was the chairman of Action Aviation, okay? He, you know, all of these people had Guinness World Records, one of them, you know, for traveling around the earth the fastest, um, you know, some of them, you know, this guy is out of control, Stockton Rush. This one's the most interesting to me. Okay, okay. he's the founder of OceanGate. He's also, so he's the one who was in charge of the submersible and and the actual submersible itself, right? The company. Okay. Um, he is he was the youngest jet transport pilot in the world when he was 19, flying to destinations such as Cairo, Mumbai, Zurich, etc. Right. Um, so he's been in aviation and in and, and you know all of these things in um you know, deep sea, all of these things, like all these people are like researchers and, 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 you know, and novice. So 
Listen, I feel like they died doing what they loved. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what interests them. They, you know, one of them actually was, a, you know, aboard that rocket with Jeff Bezos to go see the moon. So these people died full, right? Like they died doing everything that they love. <laughs> uh, and I think the only person aboard that we should really feel some type of way about is the 19 year old who was with his dad. And people said that he was a great father. He went with his dad to, um, you know, he went, he went with his dad because he just wanted to spend some more time with him, but he did not want to get on this and he felt some type of way about it. But listen, these, these people are not regular folks. Okay. It's not like me and you, you know, just like hopping on a boat and like they weren't innocent. They knew what could have happened. And so to me, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. I think, you know, I, I feel some type of way for the 19 year old son who passed away. I feel some type of way for the families who have lost these people. This is a huge impact. Stockton Rush if you didn't know, and this this has to be our last thing because we got to get out of here. But do you know that his wife is a few generations or attached to, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's shown on social media that her family is, and, and you guys in full context, we just watched Titanic right before this happened yeah. here in the house. We were talking about it. You know the 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 older couple that died in Titanic, the one they did they were laying in the bed together side by side. You remember that couple? Yeah. They're saying that Stockton Rush's wife is related to them. Wow! Wow! So still trying See, to find the out of it. the Titanic. Okay, I understand that now. So he okay, I get it then. I get it. You know, I get it. I saw on I saw on social media. Hold on, I gotta get this in before the minutes out. I saw on social media. You know, listen, you guys are so savvy in these comments. Someone yeah. said they paid two hundred and fifty thousand for the Titanic experience, and they got it. They got it. Nah, that's crazy. They really got it. <laughs> so we don't have any time to talk about Zion. None. We're out. Listen, you guys, when we come back next week, we got to talk about Zion. There's, there's no way to cover all of that in four minutes. We need a full 15, 20 minutes to do that. Y'all, we're about to all with, with Zion. Zion is out of control. Please come here next week, y'all. I will be back <laughs> just to talk about Zion. Zion is out of control. Zion Williamson, we're talking about Poor next week. Zion. Poor Zion. Listen, listen, listen. All right, y'all. Listen, Rodney, when you are not here on Clapback Culture, where can I find you? You guys can find me at Rado007 on Facebook, Rado007 on Instagram, Rado007 also on TikTok. I love y'all. So good to see you guys. I'm out. All right. And you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok because I'll be on there a little okay. bit um, okay. at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. You know what it is. Pull up. Follow me. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. Until then, this has been a great episode of Clapback Culture. Thank you, Rodney, for coming. You're coming back next Let's week. Go! <laughs> Thanks for watching.
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.